What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brainy. It is Thursday, December 8th, 8th uh, December 3rd, episode 108 of the Jake Podcast. Uh, feeling pretty good right now. Just uh, finished up Thanksgiving and rolling into the month of December. 2020 is coming to a close real soon. Um, but I hope everyone had a great holiday. I did. It was a, uh, you know, it's a weird one this year, obviously, you know, with COVID, it's kind of things are different. So you have to be safe. Hope everyone was safe. Hope everyone was still able to enjoy their holiday. But we were, I, I was able to see Sam's family and my family. We wore masks at my parents' house uh, to make sure nobody would uh, get sick. And, you know, that's kind of just like coming with the territory right now. And I'm okay with that. I know a, a lot of people are fed up with the masks. I know some people uh, think it's, you know, malarkey or hocus pocus, whatever you want to call it. But uh, if it makes people comfortable, I'm okay with it uh, to fog up my glasses for for a little bit. Um, but Thanksgiving was great. I had my Thanksgiving leftover sandwich this year on Little Biscuits, which was phenomenal. And I uh, did a little like the Thanksgiving mash where you take the uh, leftover mashed potatoes, stuffing uh, a little bit of the string bean casserole, mix it together in like a bowl, put it in the microwave, heat that up, put the gravy on it, make sure the gravy's warm and the cranberry dressing, a little bit of turkey on the biscuits. Uh, it, it was it was phenomenal. It's it's one of my favorite meals of the year. And I, I like, I you know, when we left my parents' house, we did. So we did Thanksgiving at Sam's parents first because that was like, you know, we had to go early because it was the only day that everyone could meet up. But but I thought that was great. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool celebrating Thanksgiving a couple days early. Like it's it's not about the date. It's about, you know, what you're doing and how you're spending the time. Like, you know, this was a late Thanksgiving this year. Sometimes we do have Thanksgiving on like November 22nd or whatever. So um, it wasn't it. I loved it and it was great. The cooking was awesome. I never had stuffing with meat in it before, and to me, that was really awesome. I was like, wow, this is great. I've never even had this. Uh, and, of course, filled up way too much uh, at both meals, but took home a lot of leftovers. You know how Thanksgiving works. But we are rolling in to Christmas season. Uh, I got a couple podcasts lined up, but it's been a while, so I wanted to get a quick one out there today. Not doing too much uh, football heavy, not doing too much of like anything uh, in particular. I wanted to see what you guys wanted to talk about, what everyone wanted to put out there for the Jake podcast. So I made this one a listeners, emails, texts, whatever, uh, questions only. So if you send in a question, I only, you know, only gave this about like a couple hours notice, but if you send in a question, I'm going to be answering it on the podcast. I'll be doing this again to see how this goes. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I'm not going to promise anything, but if this goes well, we might be doing another questioner uh, podcast again in the future. But without further ado, I feel like it's a, a, a good practice to be doing this. So, uh, and I will keep the names anonymous. I don't need to be outing people. But first one, uh, Jake, I know you're a big fan of The Bachelorette. Do you have a prediction for the top three this season? Okay, so uh, huge fan of The Bachelorette this year. Everyone knows I've been a big fan of The Bachelor ever since we started watching it in college back in like 2010. Um, 
been in Ben Flashnick's season uh, when I found out you could do like fantasy in it and you could like gamble and bet and get points based on contestants and how they do. And I drafted like the top dog that season, Courtney, who ended up winning. And, and it was it was like, you know, she was also a bitch, uh, scored a ton of points because she was making girls cry. She was faking it. it everything was phenomenal. So uh, ever since then, I've been like hooked on the show. And there's been some bad seasons, there's been some good seasons. This one, though, this is one of the best Bachelorette seasons I've seen. And I think it's because we had the little Claire warm-up, right? Claire introduced all these guys, even though she wasn't interested, we got to get to know a couple of the guys before they even met Tasha. Because Claire, you know, spoiler alert, if uh, you haven't watched the season at all, she like fell in love with Dale like right from the get-go, never really gave any of the other guys a fair chance. And the whole season was basically just, you know, four to five episodes of her basically getting excuses to hang out with Dale, treating these other guys like chumps and, you know, basically leaving the show with him. And she was trying to act like, you know, it was happening and that she, she was going to do it. But if had Chris Harrison not call her out, uh, she would have kept going with it and just strung these other guys along uh, and like faking it while she hangs out with Dale. So Harrison calls her out. She leaves with Dale. Tasha comes on with most of the guys staying, and there are already fireworks. There are a bunch of guys causing drama. There's like multiple fights going on at once with like 16 guys in the house. Every single guy, you knew who he was, and you had heard him like drum up some drama or some bullshit at some point. So it's been great, and there's still like 12 people in the house. So there's still a lot to go. Um, in terms of who I think is going to win, uh, or at least the tops. I'm gonna give a top four because I like I like looking at four because that's when hometowns come in, and usually uh, whoever has the worst home who da hometown date leaves, uh, and then you know I don't even know what they're gonna do hometowns with uh with you know the COVID and stuff. But my top four, I'm going with Brandon. Uh, he's been divorced like her. Uh, she and him seem to have really gotten along really well, and he's like. Very nice. He's very low key. He's not drumming up too much shit. Um, she seems very into him. I think he's at least gonna be there for hometowns. Uh, my second one is Ivan. I don't. I think he's like he was kind of boring early on, but she is really into Ivan. Um, and like he keeps on like putting himself out there, and I think she really likes that. Uh, and and I think he's gonna be around for the long haul. Uh, possibly a finalist. Next is Ben. Ben is so into her, and I don't think she's into him nearly as much, but he's been trying to like prove himself to her when he didn't talk to her that one date. She was like, I was d disappointed in you, and he really took that like like hard. So I think he is so into her, and he's the one that I'm a little unsure of in this top four. I could see it going to Spencer, but I could see it going... I don't know. I mean, I, like, I, I'm pretty confident in Ben because I think she likes him a lot and he is so into her that he's going to be around for a little bit. And my fourth spot, only because I feel like the producers are going to make sure she keeps the drama going, I think it's going to be Noah. I think Noah is the source of a lot of the entertainment in the house right now. Uh, he and Bennett are going on this two-on-one date and... I mean, we, we all we all know it's not going to be Bennett. Like, he's very smug. He's very sure of himself right now. And as much as I've loved Bennett being on the show, it's just not a long-term thing. Uh, I don't think he makes it past his two-on-one. And I think Noah will steal some time with her, even if he's a little bit younger. 
Um, I just think that that's what the show is, what the show needs, and he's going to be in it. Uh, so Noah, uh, Ben, Ivan, and Brandon. Okay, so that's my Bachelorette hometowns predictions. All right, um, Jager Baker, uh, what are you worse at, fantasy football or golf? Ooh, um, well, I'm definitely worse at golf because I'm not very good. I golf about like once or twice a year. It's usually pretty bad. Um, I usually take off a couple holes because I get rattled and I just don't want to do it anymore. I will say that in Arizona, I played some of the best golf I've ever done. Uh, my score was still in like the 120s. I, I'm, I've never claimed to be a good golfer. I'm not a good golfer. Um, but for me, that was like, you know, on par. And that was even with taking the low score on like three holes in a row because I was just kind of like over it. I just wanted to like have some fun and holes like 12, 13, 14. I was just like, no, nah, I'm not interested. I'd rather just take an eight and move on. So that was like my score was like a 124, maybe even maybe it was like 128. Uh, but that was with some like bad scores. And to be honest, I was having fun. Um, fantasy football, though, I am looking pretty good in most of my leagues. So in my Cleveland sports uh, Twitter league, uh, or I guess it's just Brown's Twitter league, I am eight and four. Uh, I, I forget. I, I mean, I guess it's we're, we're entering week 13. So, yeah, I'm eight and four. Uh, secured a playoff spot. Really just want to get that three seed and avoid the four five game because then the winner of four five plays our one seed and our one seed is dominant. Our two seed is not that good because he she won the uh, lesser of the two divisions. So I'd like to get that three seed and play um, the six seed and then eventually get to play the two seed and then you know hey whatever happens happens in the championship. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. But I've, I've been good in that league, and I made a couple late-season trades that I think is going to put me in a nice position. Um, in the Brainy Family League, I have been killing it. Brainies, if you're listening, watch out. I'm 11-1, and and I plan on taking it all this year. I want to be the first three-time champion in our family, so I'm coming for it. Uh, even though I'm not the high scorer, the high score in the Brainy Family League is, drumroll, Samantha, yes, Samantha in her second season in the Brainy Family League is uh, already killing it, and she had a really good year, and as much as some people would probably want to say, like, oh, Jake, you're probably just managing her team for her, I am not, she would get very offended if you say that, she manages it from her phone, uh, I have to remind her sometimes that games are starting, or if Thursday night football is happening, to maybe check her lineup, but outside of that, like, she, it's been all her, she drafted her team, and uh, she managed her team. She picked up Kenny Galladay when someone dropped him. So uh, not that he's been a big help. Now, in my two big money leagues, I am right now just six and five. And uh, or I guess, no, I'm six and six and seven and five in one of them. Um, I, in my big money league, I'm six and six. If I win, I'm in the playoffs. Um, if I lose, I'm most likely out of the playoffs. I'm playing another team that's also six and six. And there's just so many teams crowded around that 500 mark that uh, you really can't lose the final week and make it in. Uh, however, I, I've been waiting for Christian McCaffrey to come back the whole season. He's been hurt. Now he's on his bye week. Uh, it's not looking great in the big money league, which is the Spring Lake League. Uh, and then in my main league, I'll say, uh, with the group me guys, all my friends, um, I am in position to make the playoffs. I think I, I can still miss. I, I would have to lose this final game, and then three other games would have to be a win, 
plus like I need to get outscored by a certain amount. So I'm not in, but I'm in with a win or I'm in with like one other guy losing. So uh, I'm feeling pretty confident there. And it's just nice. It's a nice redemption because last year I got cheated out of the playoffs because of a tie where uh, two guys sat their entire teams and basically just said, okay, you know what? Instead of going for the win, we're going to go for the tie. And uh, both of us will make the playoffs because of that. It's bullshit. It's whatever. Uh, but hey, this is this is what happens when you have a target on your back in fantasy football. That happened last year where people were like, listen, we can't let Jake win. So we got to bounce him out of the playoffs now. Um, then this year, in the first time in football history, someone starts two quarterbacks against me. No one else in this league has ever had to deal with start facing two quarterbacks in one week. But so you'll have it. I had to deal with that. So just another sign that this league just, you know what, they're scared of me and uh, they'll do anything to uh, keep me down. And they target me in the draft. They, you know, go for ties. They start two quarterbacks. They do what they got to do, but I'm a win away from the playoffs. So I am definitely worse at golf than fantasy football. It's not even close. Okay. Um, next up, Jake, uh, who would be your Heisman vote? for uh, college football. Okay, so again, this is actually kind of like a tough year because, yeah, college football, every league has kind of had different rules and they've played different amounts of games. Big Ten and, and the Pack have basically barely played games. Like, I think the most a team has played right now is six games. Ohio State's played, I think, four games. Uh, Wisconsin's played like three. Uh, but Pack teams, some of them only play like one or two games Meanwhile, the SEC and the ACC are on their like 10th, 11th game. So they've played like full seasons. Um, my Heisman vote goes to Kyle Trask from Florida, which is crazy. But if you look at his numbers and exactly what he's done is, is basically mimicking what Joe Burrow did last year. Um, I don't think Kyle Trask is the best quarterback in college football. I think he's like the fifth best quarterback. Um He'll probably be a day two draft pick in the NFL draft. I, I don't really know if he's going to make it into round one um, with there being already like Lawrence and Fields and uh, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Uh, it, it would just be it would be tough to have a fifth quarterback. That doesn't happen a lot. It happened in 2018 when Lamar was the last pick of the first round. But um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Tra Kyle Trask makes it into the first round. But he would be my Heisman vote right now. I think Kyle Pitts deserves some Heisman love. But uh, even without Pitts, Kyle Trask has been awesome. And Pitts has missed a few games. Fields hasn't played enough. He's been incredible in the games that he has played. But has not played enough to warrant being a Heisman finalist. Same with Trevor Lawrence. Um, he probably will be a Heisman finalist, but I wouldn't give him the Heisman because he missed a couple games due to the COVID, which is too bad because this was really like his year to win the Heisman. You know, he didn't win it as a freshman. Uh, that was Kyler Murray. Uh, he didn't win it last year because Joe Burrow had like a monster season. So you figure like, okay, in his junior year, but you know, Andrew Luck never won the Heisman either. And, uh, you know, both of them are kind of like two of the best quarterback prospects of all time. So why not? Um, but that would be my pick is Kyle Trask. Weird. Um, I wouldn't want him as like the NFL quarterback, uh, at least yet, you know, but, um, uh, yeah, I think he wins the Heisman. I think he kind of d deserves it too. So, uh, Jake, how bad are the Cavs going to be this year? Uh, you know, 
I do think the Cavs are in for a rough season. I don't think they're as bad as people think in terms of like where the franchise is. Like, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. They're really young. They, you know, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Kevin Porter Jr., Dylan Windler, um, Isaac Okoro. Like, the core of this team is all 22 and under. So they're building the team the right way. And they still have Kevin Love. And I think it's important for them to keep Kevin Love for now. I know a lot of people think the Cavs are trying to to trade Kevin Love, but I don't think that's the case. I think they like his leadership. They want to keep at least one guy from that championship team. Right now they have him and Delhi. Uh, so like, I think that's a good dynamic to have two guys that, hey, they've been to the playoffs. They've won a lot of playoff games. Even if they weren't like the number one reason, it, I don't think the NBA is built on young teams that have no older veterans. Unless you have like absolute superstars. And these young Cavs, none of them are superstars yet. I think Colin Sexton has a lot of like potential and from reports today people are saying like he looks absolutely massive and that he's going to be a problem guarding to you know being guarding him this year which like yeah no duh in his like the last 46 games everyone points to the 11 games after the All-Star break um but the 46 games like last 46 games after they got rid of Jordan Clarkson he was averaging almost 24 points a game and he was shooting really well like once people realize he's not a point guard, he's a shooting guard, and that Darius Garland, who is very clearly a point guard because his handles and his control and his passing is getting better, but handles and control are insane, the Cavs are building it the right way. They've got those two guards. They have wings in Kevin Porter Jr., Isaac Okoro, and uh, and Dylan Windler, who are all like showing a lot of potential and that, you know, someone in that bunch is going to stand out. I think Ice Isaac Okoro is going to be really good. Um, but you know, they're young. These are like 19, 20, 21 year olds. So they're not going to win games, but I don't think they're as bad as like a franchise as like, I'd rather have the Cavs roster and future than, than I would a lot of other teams. Like, you know, like the Knicks right now, they, they should be really happy with Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett, but if they're going to like try to fight for the playoffs, I don't think that's the way to go. I think you should be trying to get another lottery pick and like complete your like young core instead of like forcing and fighting to get the 8 seed with like Washington or Atlanta or Charlotte. Like uh, no, this is this is going to be a great draft class coming up led by like Cade Cunningham and a bunch of these like young star wings. Like this is the one you want to like win the lotto for. So uh, I'm hoping the Cavs kind of just like you know, train some of the young guys, see some improvement. If it leads to a couple really good wins, but like, you know, they lose some big games too. Like, yeah, that's okay. Um, but I, I think bad. Yeah. Their good record is going to be like bottom four or five in the league, but I still think, uh, I, I like where they're going. Okay. Uh, Jaker Baker, shaker, faker, Laker. Uh, how fake is Notre Dame? I don't think Notre Dame is fake. Uh, I know everyone points to that Clemson-Notre Dame game, which, you know, it, it it's the best game of the year. I would say it's an instant classic. Uh, a lot of people will roll their eyes and say, but Trevor Lawrence was in the game, so how could it be a classic with a backup quarterback? But, like, DJ Ugunlier, I, I, I have no idea what his last name is, but 
he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Like it's he's going to be awesome next year when Lawrence is in the NFL and he's leading Clemson to an ACC title. Like yeah, he's going to be great and he's already shown that he has a lot of ability. Not to mention like, you know, you can't just always say like, oh, well, they don't have this guy. It's like, well, injuries and shit happen. So that like that's football. And not to mention like, you know, Ian Book's not that great. So I know a lot of Notre Dame fans love Ian Book. And yes, he has like the second best record of all time of Notre Dame quarterbacks. And he's up there in a lot of the record books. But like, I just look at the way he plays and I'm like, oh man, like he drives you nuts sometimes when you watch him. Um, I also think like the play calling never really helps him. Like everything is like right to the sideline where he's throwing to the, from the far hash. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for something to turn into a pick six because he's throwing across the entire field just to pick up like six yards. Uh, meanwhile, it's like when you throw that long of a pass, you'd like it to be a little more down the field so that you can pick up some more yards. But regardless, I think Notre Dame is for real. I think they're a good football team. Um, are they like so, some people are saying, oh, they're fake. Remember when they went undefeated in 2012? Yes, but, like, I think that team was very lucky, and that was very, like, okay, they lucked out with their schedule. Um, they should have lost that game to Pitt in, like, triple overtime, but uh, because of, like, a missed field goal, they, like, hung in there. I remember that game. That was that was absolutely wild. Um, and they had a couple goal line stands against a couple teams, Stanford, USC. So, like, it, it, that was a crazy season. I think this defense is better. Like, they have a bunch of pros all over the defense. And you know, I think Kyle Hamilton at safety uh, is is like a stud. Um, Oko at, at, um, at like, I guess he's like a linebacker. But, like, it's crazy. Some people are saying, like, he's kind of like a linebacker safety hybrid. I'm like, he looks like an edge. He looks like an edge rusher out there. So I think Notre Dame is for real. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got a, a, a good running game. They've got a good line. Not their best line. They've had great lines. It's a it's a really good line, though. And they have a veteran quarterback who's been there for a while that, like, he's not the most talented quarterback that will be in the college playoff, but uh, I think he's one of the better ones that Notre Dame has had. And then... Um, like they still, oh, they always have a couple receivers and they always have tight ends. Like, man, uh, uh, was it Michael Mayer? He is going to be a first rounder guaranteed in 2023. Like, holy shit. Like, you know, baby Gronk, he has earned the nickname. So I think Notre Dame's for real. I, I do. I think they beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. Um, you know what? I don't. I think uh, Clemson with D, uh, Lawrence would have won that game. Uh, I'm not trying. I I know I can be a homer sometimes, but I think just looking at the fact that like they missed some opportunities that I don't think Lawrence would miss. Um, but then again, I think a lot of the mistakes in that game came down to the Clemson defense, Dabo, and the running game was shut down by Cle- Clemson's running game was absolutely shut down. So like. It wasn't like the quarterback was holding them back all all that much. He played a great game where if Lawrence played that same game, you'd be like, yeah, well, Lawrence is a first-round quarterback. So I don't really know what you know you want from Notre Dame at that point because they beat a really good team when the quarterback played a really good game. Uh, do they have a different game plan with Lawrence? Yeah, probably. But uh, you know what? They're not going to apologize for beating a team that didn't have a quarterback. Uh, you know, because of COVID. 
I think Notre Dame's for real. I think they're one of the top four teams in the country. And even if they lose the ACC championship game, I think they should get in as the four seed and play Alabama. Because uh, I think Alabama's the number one team in the nation. Um, right now, I think Ohio State's got to be worried. They have to play some games because they haven't looked as sharp. I know they're good, and I know who they're returning from last season, but they haven't looked that sharp. And all now all of a sudden, they're in jeopardy of playing enough games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. I mean, if they only play four or five games and their best-looking performance is the Penn State game, I mean, they'll probably blow out Michigan, but if they don't play Michigan because of whatever reason, like, it's hard to put them in, especially when a team like BYU is going to be like 10-0. and 0. Um, So it's going to be tough, but I think if Ohio State does get to the uh, Big Ten Championship game and they win that, then they'll definitely go in. I know what they're capable of, but they haven't really proven it yet. So they need to do that. Um, but Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame has proven it. They've got one game left. They play Syracuse on Saturday. And uh, e- even with that, they don't even need... I mean, they need to win it because you don't want to lose two games because then you're out. But if they only lose the ACC game, uh, you know they could still get in. Um, but they're going to be in the title game even if they lose to Syracuse on Saturday. So I still think they win. Okay. Um, all right. Jaker, would you rather the Browns lose to the one in fifteen Jets, meaning that would be their you know only win of the season would be being the Browns, or lose to the Giants and the Giants get into the playoffs because of it? This is a good question. Um, so, but it it it's a good question, but I think the answer is pretty simple for me. Um, I don't really care who they lose to as long as they make the playoffs this year, like. If the Browns make the playoffs, I won't give a shit what happened in the regular season. I'll be like, the Browns made the playoffs. like, And whatever they did to get here, they they did. Because some people are complaining and whining about the Browns. They're like, they're 8-3, and three, but they're frauds. I'm like, I don't think they're frauds. I think they just know they know exactly what they have to do to win, win a game. And they're, they're not going to try and go for kill shots. They're going to keep it, like, you know, low scoring if they need to. They could have beat Jacksonville and more, but the officiating was horrible uh they should have iced that game uh with a first down at the end there and then possibly even score another touchdown win by um like 15 16 but they didn't they punted and then jacksonville scored a like last second touchdown just like philadelphia did the week before and um they didn't score a last second touchdown against houston when they were kneeling it out because nick chubb ran out of bounds so it's kind of funny looking at like the last three wins and saying like yeah, there were last-second touchdowns for the other team and one touchdown that the Browns passed on that would have made these much bigger you know, separation scores. But that's not what anyone cares about. I would rather the Browns lose to the Giants. Um, a, I know more Giants fans. Um, my new, soon-to-be family, uh, the Swayze's, are all Giants fans. So if that gets them into the playoffs, like, you know, good for them. I, you know, like, that's that's fine. Uh, I do not want to be the only team that the Jets beat in one season. I think this Jets team is worse than the Browns that went 0-16. Um, and I think the Jets still win a game this year. I don't want it to be against the Browns. And if it causes the Browns to miss the playoffs, like, I'll never, like, I'll, I'll, I'll never forgive them for that. Like, 
you know, we've been waiting 17 years for the Browns to make the playoffs. If they lose to the Giants and they and the Browns miss the playoffs and the Giants win the division, that's just like that's just typical Browns. I'm like, oh, this is classic Browns. Like we, you know, we went 10 and 6 in 2007 and we missed the playoffs. Giants went 10 and 6 in 2007 and they won the Super Bowl. Like that's just the luck of the Giants sometimes is that the NFC East stinks so much that like they get into the playoffs. So, um if that were to happen, and the Browns lose to the Giants, who like are playing better football. I'd be like, yeah, that's that's just classic Browns. It sucks. That was a game the Browns had to win. Um, but then I I would expect them to come back the next week and kick the shit out of the Jets. Um, if the Browns lost to the Jets and then had their Week Seventeen game against the Steelers and didn't make the playoffs, uh, I would be heartbroken. Would be putting it lightly. So. Um, very clearly, I would much rather lose to the Giants in this scenario. But again, I will lose to whichever team doesn't cause the Browns to miss the playoffs. That is like my ultimate like choice right there. Is just as long as the Browns make the playoffs, I do not care. Okay, so um, next question: Have you seen the Undoing? And what were your thoughts? Is it your favorite of the quarantine? I'm assuming the favorite show of the quarantine. Um, I ha- I did see The Undoing. I thought it was good. I um, I didn't think it was great. I was hooked. But like a lot of things in the quarantine, you get hooked on watching because, you know, we're looking for like brain stimulation at this point. Uh, I would love to basically just binge watch a bunch of shows. This was a good, easy binge watch where we watched three episodes in a row one night and then we watched three episodes on Sunday, including the finale. Um, I have a lot of bones to pick with this show. Um, number one, and, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Undoing, I'm about to go into a lot of details. Um, but I have bones to pick with this show. Number one, um, they never address what Hugh Grant was actually hiding in his like trip to Cleveland, quote-unquote. Uh you know, everyone was like, oh, well, yeah, he was out of town because he was running um, because he straight up murdered a chick. But his plan was to go to Cleveland or, you know, that was his cover for something ahead of time. And that was not a premeditated murder. He went there to end things after he had already slept with her, but was like, I need to end things. It's getting too too crazy. And then killed her like on a whim. So... I don't think Cleveland was used to cover up for her and for him killing her. So I want to know why was Cleveland in there? Uh, another point, they wouldn't just throw his wife on the stand at the very last second after she already discovered the murder weapon. So like, I felt like it was very sloppy from like both of the lawyers. Um, the kids definitely wouldn't be in the courtroom there. It's just like, it was a sloppy show. I liked it. I liked the casting of Hugh Grant. I felt like um, Nicole Kidman was fine playing like the, uh, you know, the New York City like um, social light or whatever. Um, however, you know, it was it was fine. It was okay. Uh, it, I, I would even say it's good uh, since it was only six shows. Yeah, watch it. Like go in and watch it. It's not a. It's a mini series. It's a you know. It's a one season thing. Uh, is it my top uh, like show of the quarantine? Absolutely not. My top watches of the quarantine. I'm going to give you a quick 10 
to break it down. Um, number 10, Shit's Creek. It's a great show. It finished this season. Uh, all the episodes are now on Netflix. Um, it's it's feel good. It's funny. Uh, it's it's and it ended really well. Not a lot of shows end really well, but this one ended really well. Uh, so I would say Shit's Creek. Add it to your list. Number nine, The Last Dance, the documentary about the Bulls, uh, the nineties. You know Jordan Bulls. I didn't want to like it. I went in knowing that I was like a LeBron guy, and I thought it was just going to be a bunch of like Bulls fans and Bulls writers talking about the Bulls, but they got so much from Michael Jordan's interviews, from Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman. Like I was like, wow, knowing they got those four, I was I would have had a completely different opinion going into it. Uh, it was incredible. It was really well done. Uh, the only thing was it made it slightly um, complicated when, like, you know, I was watching with Sam, and it's like, if you're not paying very close attention, they jump around a lot from earlier Bulls to the 98 season a lot. So if you're not, like, paying attention, you might miss the fact that they're not in the 98 season anymore, and that makes it a little, like, you know, hard to follow. But for me, it wasn't hard to follow. It was awesome. It was so worth it, and uh, you know, I'm glad I I'm glad I watched it. Number eight is Brooklyn Nine Nine. I am not done with the show Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I started watching it uh, this past winter, and it's been on a lot during the quarantine. It's a very funny show. I never thought I'd like it, even though everyone told me that I would like it because I like uh, The Office, Parks and Rec, Thirty Rock, uh, The Good Place. So basically, it's the other show that completes that like triumvirate of television, and uh, it's great. The cast is awesome. Uh, it's some of my favorite characters are Charles Boyle and Ca- Captain Holt. Uh, is is so funny in it. It's very well done, and I'm always laughing at the show because of just the you know the the characters that they have. It's very much like my Parks and Rec now that Parks and Rec is gone. Uh, and I'm not even done with it. And there's still plenty left. I think I have uh, season seven and eight to watch. And it's not even like cancel yet. Like it's still a running show. So that's pretty cool. Um, number seven, Defending Jacob, which is a miniseries on Apple TV. Defending Jacob was great. Uh, it was kind of like a better done undoing, you know, kind of like a mystery uh you know, trying to figure out who solved this murder or who, you know, who committed this murder. And it's a court trial and it goes back and forth, you know, skipping through time. Uh, it is, it's great. It is one of the best like TV dramas, one of the best miniseries I've ever seen. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, number six, Future Man. Uh, I watched this on Hulu. I am in season three right now. It is ridiculous and it is so funny. I heard about it when Haley Joel Osment went on uh, Lights, Camera, Barstool for the podcast to you know kind of just talk about what's going on in his career, and he talked about Future Man, and the way they were describing it made it sound so funny that I was like, all right, I'll check it out, and the show is ridiculous, and it is hilarious. It is so funny, and it's a good binge watch because the episodes are you know 22 to 25 minutes long. Uh, so it's only those like half hour shows and sometimes you get a dry episode here or there where it's like not very funny season two like a lot of it I I wasn't really laughing a whole lot but that's why you want to binge it because you get a couple episodes in if you watch like three 
uh, you're bound to have some good laughs. And it's a it's a great show. It's so funny. And I'm going to be bummed when it's over because I don't want it to end. Uh, number five is Vikings. I'm still early in the Vikings stage. I think I'm midway through season two. And I think there's like eight seasons. But I am absolutely hooked on the show. It's the one drama that Sam and I are watching right now. Most everything else we're watching is either comedies or reality. Uh, like reality TV. So... This is like our, like when we want to sit down and watch a good show, we put on Vikings. Uh, when we want to just pass time, we'll watch something like a comedy. Uh, a lot of times it's like, you know, if we want to turn off our brain, we'll put on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Or we watch like The Bachelorette or um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I know. I Yes, I know. Uh, but Vikings, wow. It's 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 really good. It's super intense. And uh, I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite like dramas out that's still being made. Uh, number four, Brockmire. Uh, this show is uh, is over. It's it's to its completion. It's four seasons long. Hank Azaria plays a, like a cast off uh, baseball announcer, and it's it's so funny. Like the the first and he's trying to get back on his feet after having a meltdown in the booth, and the Brockmire character is. One of Jim Brockmire is one of the funniest characters I've ever seen on television. The lines that he says, the like witty, but also like extremely offensive language that he uses, is so funny. I was cracking up all the time. I would wake up early before work and put on like two episodes because I was just enjoying the show so much that I was like, you know what? Sam's not into it. Sam hates it. So I'm going to watch it before work starts uh, because it's just so funny to me. Uh, it, it had a weird ending, it, but it, I think they were kind of just buying into the whole like, you know what? Like it is what it is. Uh, and we, we have to end it sooner or later. Number three is the Mandalorian. Uh, we're towards the end of season two right now. It is awesome. This is on Disney Plus. Um, it, it's cool. It's like it's an adventure show, uh, which there aren't many of. You know, I, I get it. Like every episode is very much the same sometimes, where it's like Mandalorian wants information or needs to get something, and they're like, "Oh, I can help you out, but we need your help with something." And it's like, "What do you need help with?" And he does it. So I get that. Like that's what bounty bounty hunters do. Is like they, you know, they have a bounty and they do something and they get paid for it or you know with whatever they want. So I understand that that's kind of like his job, but it it is really well done and it's now starting to lead up to something even bigger because you know yes they have like each individual episode is kind of like an adventure, but now you see oops now you can see that like it's actually building up to something big like a long like plot uh storyline so uh mandalorian's great it's uh one of my favorite shows i i i i still like that they release them week by week so that when it comes out on friday like i'm excited to watch that episode like tomorrow there's an episode tomorrow cool all right number two is ozark uh, i haven't watched ozark in a while because the moment it came out on netflix I would watch the entire season real fast. It might be the best show I'm currently watching. Out of every show that I'm watching right now, whether it's, you know, I'm waiting for it to come back um, between like Succession or um, Jack Ryan, Mindhunter, Ozark might be the best show of them all. It is so good. It's so intense. 
Jason Bateman hosting SNL this weekend too. My man. So I'm a huge Ozark fan. I feel like anyone that like would like Breaking Bad, this is a nice like, you know, it's not Breaking Bad, but it is a very nice like filler for that like intense, uh, nice guy gone bad kind of like you know filler show. It is really good. Like I, I, I can't. There's I can't speak enough high praise about it. Ozark is awesome, and I think there's still another, there's still at least another season coming out, so that'd be great. Uh, but my number one show for uh, for the quarantine was The Boys on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's basically if superheroes are real and if they're pro- like you know privatized and basically you know how much money they would make doing movie deals, shoe deals, being on sport in sports and stuff like that, and kind of like you know the insane world behind them that covers up all the wrong that they do to keep their image looking beautiful on tv so um the boys is going in an absolutely crazy direction right now i don't even want to talk about it too much because i don't want to give anything away but (coughs) excuse me it's 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 my favorite show on tv it might not be the best but it's my favorite show on tv right now and uh i'm gonna be bummed because i have to wait like basically nine months for the next season to come out even though i'm being told they're filming two seasons at once right now which would be great okay honorable mention um again uh uh, you know undoing it was very it was very good morning show was pretty good queen's gambit was good uh you know that was like an easy watch dave dave is a great show on uh on fx on also on hulu uh and a little birdie told me when we're, we're out in Arizona, who, a guy who works for FX said that they're currently filming seasons two and three right now, which would be great because you'd like to be able to get a couple seasons done because you never know how much luck you have with these shows. So uh, Dave is great. I, I actually can't believe I didn't have it in my top ten. But those are the things I'm streaming right now. Those are the things I'm watching. Uh, again, I know that took a little long. Uh, that was a little long-winded answer. But that's my favorite watches of the quarantine. All right, a couple, couple more questions, and I'm ending this podcast. Okay, um, the last four questions. All right, Pat Nasty is he as real as it gets? I don't know what that means. Uh, I gotta imagine he is as real as it gets, though. All right, would you rather be trolled by Poppert or Heine every day? Again, for listeners, these are two of my close friends. Um, this is like Sophie's choice, but of getting hit with text messages about the Browns all day. Um, I guess I'd rather get trolled by Poppert every day. Um, I feel like Heine loves to just like really, really try and dig in there, while Poppert, uh, he kind of just like, you know, he lays it in, but at the same time, Poppert's also a Jets fan, so you can like dish back to, uh, to him once in a while on it because it's like, hey, Jets suck too, and he's a Knicks fan, and the Knicks suck, so um, like, I think I would choose Poppert there. Okay, um, this one's an, a dig at my scoring for movies. How many of your friends would you give a 99 out of 100? First of all, I give my friends hundreds out of 100, so that's one thing, um, but not all of them. No, uh, this is just, I have to defend my scoring right now because I've been criticized. I give out a lot of 100s and 99s when I watch these movies 
that is on this list. But here's the thing. This movie list that I'm watching, this poster with 100 uniquely crafted films, these are supposed to be some of the best movies ever made. So, like, yes, I'm giving out 99 to Jurassic Park and The Dark Knight because they're, like, great movies. I just can't give them a 100 because... I, I don't want to give out too many 100s. I also want to save 100s for the movies that are, like, perfectly done in every aspect that win a ton of awards, like Gladiator and Titanic. Um, so, like, you know, yes, I give out a lot of high grades, but these are some of the best movies ever. Like, sorry that little Big Lebowski gets a 99, but, like, it's the one of the best comedies of all time. So, yes, it gets a great scale. And the way my scale works is, if it is a... An awesome slash phenomenal movie, you're already in the 90s. And then it just gets down to the nitty-gritty details. If it's very good to great, it's in the 80s. If it's good to very good, it's in the 70s. If it is okay to good, it's in the 60s, and so on. That's why when people are like, <clears throat> how do you give this movie a 65? I'm like, yeah, because it was okay, it was good. You know, like, I give a couple Star Wars movies a 68, and people want to lose their mind. I'm like, well, you know, there's nine Star Wars movies, so uh, it's like, sorry. And I save the really bad scores. Like, you have to be an epically awful movie to be in, like, the the 20s and below. You know, this everyone thinks this scale is like a, you know, like when you take a test at school and, like, a 60 is failing. Like... No, a 60 is not failing in this. A 50 is average in this scaling system. So take that for what it's worth. All right, and the final question of the podcast. Would you rather have to fight off a horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Uh, I love these questions. Uh, to this one, I'll say... Um, First of all, I'm winning no matter what. Uh, let me just put that out there. I'm going with the 100 duck-sized horses. And here's why. I I think ducks are kind of like aggressive. And I think they'd be very attackive. Um, horses are pretty fucking big. And if this duck had like the speed of a horse on me, uh, I don't know how fast this duck's going to be. But like this could possibly, like, we, we could be talking about running over Jake, and I don't get run over by many things, so I'm not ready to be run over by something. If I'm fighting a hundred duck-sized horses, though, um, that's fine. I can easily just, like, kick them away. I'm, you don't, like, everyone thinks when you're fighting a hundred of these, um, you have to fight all of them at once. Absolutely not. You can angle it so that you're like in a room, so only one comes in at a time. You go 300 style, where everyone's coming in at you one at a time, and you just have to beat them one at a time. And if it's me versus a duck-sized horse, I win that nine, uh, 100 times out of 100. So all I need to do is just make sure I'm fighting one at a time. Now, if you get... If the, if it's a type of animal that has arms and can climb over you and shit like that, then you're in a little bit more trouble. But these are horses. Like, they don't have arms. They have legs. Uh, if I only need to just beat the, beat them, I'm good. So, weird podcast today. Uh, I wanted to do an emails podcast. I'm very happy I did. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this, and I would like to do this more often. Maybe I'll give you guys a bigger heads up next time. We're going to have Sam on for the next podcast for episode, uh, I hope, 109, because we have a lot to talk about. 
Uh, Tis the season to be jolly. Hope everyone had a great time. Uh, And hopefully the next time we're talking, I'm talking about a playoff Browns team. Who knows? Eight and three. Eight and three. Let's go. One game at a time. All right. Go Browns.